everyone and welcome to the Underage Lawyer. Today we're going to be discussing the legal realities of making social media liable. There was an article in The Economist today titled Internet Firms Legal Immunity is Under Threat. For those who are interested, I'll leave a link to the article in the blog. It was examining the recent growth in social media companies and their accountability to the general public. It pointed to internet giants such as Google and Facebook who are highly successful in their non-physical domain. They claim that they are not responsible for any harm that occurs outside of the internet as a result of someone using their website because it is not within their control. The article suggests that this legal exceptionalism can no longer continue because the various governments and courts of the world are attempting to grow into this internet space and make claims that these medias have to be policed more efficiently. Referencing the historical reasons for the legal immunity that social media programs are awarded, such as a 1995 defamation claim that was later dropped, the article suggests that it was too early then for anyone to imagine these online companies being so prominent in the world's economy. This is understandable as it was once unimaginable that every individual would own a computer, let alone a computer, a phone, an iPad and an iPod. The most recent shift in the use of the internet has meant that the previous minimal safeguards against online criminal activity are becoming too small to police this particular part of the internet. Of course, the article relies on the negative media attention given to freelance services like Uber and Airbnb to substantiate the point that these online firms are enterprising giants with more money and power than sense. It is important to recognise that while these internet firms have somewhat impacted the economies of the country where they physically manifest, such as Airbnb driving up the cost of affordable housing in a particular area or Uber cluttering the streets with cars, the idea that these businesses cause more harm than good is not entirely viable. The Guardian did a piece on Airbnb, pointing out the protests against Airbnb in New Orleans where the city council attempted to regulate the industry. However, grassroots campaigns have not overridden the fierce determination to leave the internet and neutral space. The 1988 International Telecommunications Regulations, or ITRs, grew to attempt to control the global community that built as a result of the internet. It attempted to give priority to health and safety regulations and control the flow of traffic between network operators. The issue is that these treaties are completely ineffective. It is essentially creating one single police force to regulate the entire globe. Some may argue that the advent of modern technology has meant that police automation is now possible which would allow governments to enforce a series of regulations on the global community. However, it is important to recognise that malware has grown in tune with this new regulatory ability. The internet is no longer a single-dimension universe where websites and consumers exist in perfect harmony, nor do scammers, trolls and bullies use the internet in the way that they did in 1988. Several internet gangs, most notably Anonymous, have built themselves up to a point at which they are virtually untraceable by the use of the usual internet. Several different layers of the internet are now available for use by those with varying levels of programming and technical abilities. These new layers all have some association with criminality, and the issue is not these simple businesses making a profit off neutrality of the open access internet, but the developing software that has created a chain of criminality that sits beneath the surface of the everyday internet. So while it is perfectly fine to discuss the liability of Facebook for not taking enough of an interest in regulating the pre-election news and evaluating its trustworthiness, it is entirely unreasonable to run away with this policing concept and suggest that there are automated methods by which we can create a utopian online environment. The fact of the matter is, that beyond what we can see through basic access on Google, Facebook or other popular websites, the government's ability to control how, when and why the internet is used is all but gone.
The neutrality of the internet exists not simply because of an agreement in the 1980s, but because it is a virtual land in which our legal systems struggle to connect. Through the use of physical headquarters, there is some ability for the courts to connect liability to the creators of products, copyright and criminal enterprise, but this is quickly lessening as the mobility of businesses increases. Using the average Etsy user as an example, their headquarters would usually be where they work. However, many of these sellers choose to travel frequently, meaning that their only set office space is their suitcase. Anyone would realise that online neutrality is not under threat because the legal immunity given to businesses is not a kind handout from world governments, but an acknowledgement of the fact that humankind has a space that they are not yet able to police effectively. I look forward to hearing your thoughts on this issue.